0: got chains he's a chain breaker. you know that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today because we've all got the same chains. we've also all got the same challenges in our life. we've all got the same difficulties that come against us in some form or fashion but you know of all the passages in the Bible, of all the teachings in the scriptures, today's passage is the one I can identify with the most. On page 1004 and the Bibles in front of you, I want you to uh, read with me in Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to begin in verse 14 to start off right off the bat, okay? Turn me down just a little bit there, Mr. Brett. Thank you. Verse... I said chapter 7, but I'm... Probably gave you some fake news. I'm at chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 14. Everybody with me? You with me? Say amen. Amen. Now we're talking. All right. Verse 14. Romans chapter 7. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Listen to this. For what I am doing I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that's what I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I don't do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Can anybody else identify with that or is it just me? I'm talking about Say, really? Let me keep going. Verse 20. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. I find that a law that is... That evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law. Another law in my members, warring. Say warring. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the, Lord, the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. That passage tells an absolute truth about the life of a believer. When I read these verses, it's like God is sticking his nose in my business. When I read these verses, they are intensely personal. It's like Paul rips back the covers and he gives us an intimate look at how people battle against sin in their life. You'd think by that description that Paul was talking about some kind of worldly believer, but he's not. Paul's actually giving us a portrait of, of a maturing saint of God. This is the way life is, you see. It's the way life is for the growing child of God, and Paul describes it with no punches pulled and no holds barred. Today, if you're going to be honest with yourself, you are going to be able to say at the conclusion of this message, I can identify with everything Paul just said. While Paul is giving us his own testimony, at the same time, he's writing about our lives as well. So as we dive into these verses, I want us to be sure that we see ourselves, that we see ourselves in the mirror of God's word, But also, that as we look into the Word of God, we also see the hope we have that comes as a result of this Word. So Paul begins by stating the facts. Look in verse 14 with me. He says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. What he's saying here first is is that the law is spiritual. Now last week, uh, he told us that if there's a problem with the law of God... It's not the the word of God that's the problem. It's us. We're the problem. God's word is good. Not only because our good God gave it, but because also the word lays down rules and instructions that will give us victorious living and a victorious life that will honor God. So the problem is not with God's word. The problem is with people. Paul also reminds us here that the flesh is sinful. Now, that word carnal, it means fleshly. It means worldly. And so while God's word teaches a man and a woman how to live godly, man's flesh is only interested in one thing. And that is sinful stuff. But as a believer in Christ, I want to share with you some good news this morning. Because the Holy, because the Holy Spirit of God resides in the believer, that means that there is a part of you as a believer in Christ, get this, that cannot sin. Is that not cool? There's a part of every believer because of the Holy Spirit of God that indwells us that cannot sin. But unfortunately, there's some bad news too. Because even though you may be a born-again, blood-bought follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the flesh that we live in is still as selfish as it ever was. The flesh that we live in is still as sinful as it ever was. The flesh that we live in still possesses that same old ugly, ungodly, worldly appetite that it's always had. So what I'm telling you is this morning is that every Christian is engaged in a knockdown, drag out, fight to the finish. It is a war, make no doubt about it. We are in a war. It's a war between the spirit of God and the sinful nature of man. Now, after sharing those facts, Paul then shared his failures. He begins by describing a contest. Look there in verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. He's clueless. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that's what I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. Now Paul here is describing a battle that exists between every believer. Every believer... Wants to live right, would you agree with that? Would you agree with that? Yes, Every true believer wants to live right. We want to say the right things, we want to think the right things, but before you know it, you've done tripped up and you sinned and you are falling short of the glory of God Again. Am I the only one?? Yeah. <laughs> you knew that was coming. That ain't fair. Thought <laughs> yours is coming, brother. Yeah. So what Paul is saying here is, is there's part of him that agrees with the word of God. Paul is saying here, he wants to do the will of God. He is urgently striving to do the will of God, but at the same time, there's another part of him that yearns for the thing that God's word prohibits. When God says something good, man's flesh wants just the opposite. When God's word says something is bad, our flesh says, well, it's okay. It's good. It's a war. It's a war between the old man and a new man. Paul described it in Galatians chapter five when he said it this way. Listen carefully. He said the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. There's a war brewing. There's a war going on in every single believer. Now, with every contest, there must be contestants. Look in verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what's good I do not find. For the good that I will to do... I do not do, but the evil that I will not to do, that's what I practice. My heavens. It's almost like Paul's schizophrenic. Amen? It's like there's two Pauls. But it's almost the same way with us, isn't it? In a manner of speaking, we're all kind of schizophrenic. There's always like two of us, it seems like. One wants to do right. The other one wants to do wrong. And these two people, these two men, they share one body. And they're constantly fighting against one another. And so Paul finds when it's come to do the right thing, it's really hard. And when it comes time to do the the wrong thing, it's incredibly easy. Can you identify with that? I can identify with that. Is there part of you that wants to please God with every fiber of your being? But yet there's another part of you that fights him at every turn? It's like it's that way with most people, I believe. So there's a contest and the contestants, the old nature and the new nature... But here's the conclusion. Here's what Paul says about that. Look in verse 17. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin dwells in me. And in verse 20, now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So twice in those verses, Paul identifies what the problem is. The problem is our sin nature, that old person. That old person before you were saved, before you gave your life to Christ. That's the problem. We still live in the old person. It's the good news that we have to like. The good news is this. It's not the the new saved Paul that's at fault here. It's not the new saved Paul that's doing evil things and avoiding good things. It's the old Paul the old person that's still bent towards sin that we can blame for this. Now listen carefully. Paul's not making excuses for sin and neither should we ever. Paul's not throwing up his hands and saying, oh well, why fight it? I can't control the sinful nature. So if it feels good, I might as well just do it. He's not saying that. But that is the attitude of many people, many believers have bought into that line of thinking. They grow weary of the war. They grow weary of the battle ensued in them, and they give in to the will of the old nature. Can I tell you something this morning? If you're listening, say amen. There will never be victory as long as that's going on. You'll never have victory over sin. So Paul's not resigning to the fact that he's going to be sinning. Instead, what he's doing here today is, is he's declaring victory over sin. That the new man is stronger than the old man. That the new nature is stronger than the old nature. That Christ is more than a conqueror through him. Amen? He's telling us that there's a new man living in his body. And he's saying that that new man loves the Lord. That that new man's going to fight. He's going to fight till the day he's delivered from sin. And he's going to fight till the war is won. So Paul stated the facts that God's word is spiritual, but the flesh is sinful. He shared his failures between that old Paul and the new Paul. And so now Paul submits his findings. He says that in his war, he finds this constant companion. Look in verse 21. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Paul has discovered that whenever he tries to do good things, it seems like evil is always there. Whenever he tries to do good, it seems like the bad is always tempting him to do bad things. Every good word, every good deed, every good thought, every good motive, every good thing that he wants to do is challenged by evil. Now listen, y'all. If you're listening, say amen. If there's any possible way that you're going to do a good thing, it's only going to come as a result of a battle. What are you saying, Bill? I'm saying you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to get in the war. You're going to have to step up, take a stand for God, and get in the battle. Because there's always going to be a war. Whenever you're presented with an opportunity to do good, guess what you're also presented with? A choice to do evil. And so it's going to take some hard work, y'all. It's going to take a little bit of effort. To try to keep your motives pure. It's going to be difficult controlling what you're thinking about. Controlling your mind, your thoughts, so that good wins out. Because you see, the only people that don't struggle with the sinful nature are those that are real comfortable sinning. They don't have a problem with sin. So, just know this. This. Whenever you go against the grain of the old man, whenever you go against the grain of the flesh, whenever you go against the grain of the world, there's going to be a war. A knock down, drag out, fight to the finish. But then here in the midst of his battle, Paul shares a confession. Look in verse 22. Paul says, For I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man. Paul now lets us in on a little secret. I need all the secrets I can get, amen. Here comes the secret, ready? He loves God's word. He loves the word of God. And that should be true for every saved individual. If you're truly saved, you're gonna have an affection for this word. You're gonna love the word of God. When, a person, when the Lord reveals his will, you're going to want to do it. When the, when the Lord speaks something into your life, you're going to want to obey it. And you're going to want to do it with all your heart. And listen, that's a good thing. That's a good sign. I mean, think about this. If a person hears the word of God, but he hates the thought of doing things God's way, that person's got a problem. That is probably not a saved individual. However, for the one who appreciates the Word of God, who wants to to accept the Word of God as our standard for living, that's probably a sign you're dealing with a saved individual. I don't know about you, but I want to live according to God's Word. I want to with all my heart, don't you? Don't you? Let me tell you something, this flesh that I live in, this flesh that I live in does not like the word of God. Because the word of God tries to tell my flesh what to do and what not to do. So my flesh doesn't like it. And so there's a war raging in me. And the promise is, is that war is going to endure until your days on earth are through. The war of the old man and the new man. The spirit of God and the sinful nature. And so Paul loves God's word, but you know what? He realizes that he's a captive. He realizes he's in bondage. Look in verse 23. He says, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So Paul's heart is set, on doing the word of God. Oh, he loves the word of God. His heart is set on doing the will of God, but there's this other part of him that's fighting him tooth and nail and seeking to bring him into bondage to sin. Again, I think we can all identify with that. The inner man wants God and the fleshly man wants the world. Now, thankfully, there is nothing wrong with Paul's salvation here. And if you're going through the same thing that Paul goes through, there's nothing wrong with your salvation either. Even though Paul struggled in his flesh, he was still right with God. Because you see, at the very instant of salvation, the believer is as right with God as he's ever going to be. And that can never change. The Bible says that we are justified by faith and flesh can't do anything about that. But listen to this. That's not a license for you to sin. Just because you're justified by faith doesn't give you a license to just submit to the flesh and let your sinful nature do whatever it wants. It's not a license to sin, but it is a motivation Holiness. It should drive you. It should direct you and guide you to holiness. We're saved by grace and that salvation is forever. But in in order to honor the Lord and to be his instrument for the blessing of other people, you got to fight. You got to fight in this war, this war against sin. You got to do it every moment of your life because the battle will never end. So Paul stated the facts. He shared his own failures. He submitted his findings and finally Paul shouts his faith, beginning by pronouncing his problem in verse 24, "O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death?" Paul was frustrated. Paul was having a hard time with this war, with this battle. He felt defeated by his own ability to overcome evil. And what he's saying here is he's tired of it. He wants to be free from sin. You know, all of God's children should want to be free from sin. So let me ask you this question. Are you truly pleased With how you're living, do you find that you're yielding to the flesh? More than you're yielding to the Spirit of God. If you realize that this morning, you also recognize you're in a fight. You're in a fight. You also should realize that we all have work to do. That no one in this room has arrived. We won't be perfect until we get to heaven. Until the Lord makes us that way. And think about this. The apostle of God, perhaps the greatest missionary the world has ever known, calls himself a wretched, miserable, filthy man. See, Paul realized that mature Christians, as they learn more about God, they become keenly aware of how sinful they are. we learned that in our Wednesday morning Bible study that sin is not just about what you do wrong. Sin is also sin when you don't do right. The Bible also says that sin is sin when you don't do something by faith. The Bible says that sin is sin when you think foolishly. Now, those first three didn't get you. That last one did, amen? Wretched man. As you become more aware of how far you are from the glorious perfection of God, the more you realize how much you want Him and need Him. And so Paul proclaims a promise of God in the first first part of verse 25. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I don't know about your translation, but in my Bible, there's an exclamation point after that sentence. Paul's excited. He is jacked up. He says, How is it going to happen? I thank God through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He realizes that if it's going to happen, God's going to have to do it. And so Paul clearly recognizes where his victory comes from. And he realizes that when the Lord comes, whether it be by dirt clods or white clouds, one way or the other, we're going to leave this flesh behind. One day, we're going to leave all of our sinful nature behind and sin will no longer be a part of who we are. Does that make you happy? I look forward to that day. But Paul's not just talking about what things are going to be like then, he's talking about how things can be right now. He says that even though we fail, even though we fall into sin, listen to this, this is good news, okay? Even though we fail and fall into sin, there are times when we get it right. Every now and then, the squirrel lucks up on an acorn and we get it right. Every now and then we get God's will right. There are times when we love like Jesus loves. There are times, friend, when we live like Jesus lives. There are times when we look like Jesus looked. And I don't care who you are. That's victory no matter how you slice it. Amen. Every now and then, we get glimpses. And finally, Paul provides a proposal. So then, with my mind, I'll serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You read that on the surface, and it sounds like he's just giving up. Declaring defeat, he's retreating and giving the enemy the victory. But that's not what he's saying at all. He's not saying that he'll just keep wanting to do what's right in his heart while he keeps doing what's wrong in his flesh. What he is saying is, I will not give up this fight. I will keep fighting. There's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days, but I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stay in the fight. I'm not giving up. I resolve that I'm going to fight to the finish. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. What a lesson for us. What a lesson for the children of God. Instead of rolling over and making it easy for the flesh to gain its victory, Why not put up a fight? Why not take a stand for God? Fight the flesh. Fight sin. Fight the will to do wrong things. Determine today that you're going to yield the flesh to the spirit and renew the fight against evil and live for God. Why not just yield to him and let him live his life through you? So have you seen yourself in these verses today? Boy, I sure have. (laughs) All week long, I've seen myself in these verses. I recognize the same struggle in my life that Paul's been writing about. But let me tell you something. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because I find myself to be in pretty good company. The Apostle Paul, the super saint of God, the great missionary, the great preacher, he had the same struggle that I have. He had the same struggle that you have. And so we are in pretty good company. But we need to examine our own lives right now. How well are you fighting the fight? Friend, are you waging the war? Are you giving in too easy? Are you allowing the flesh to gain the upper hand and doing it without a fight? We're all guilty of doing it from time to time. When the flesh makes inroads into your life, I want you to determine, friend, that you are not going to let it happen without a fight. you're going to take a stand for the things of God. You're going to take a stand for your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know what? It's impossible to fight him. It's impossible to fight the flesh. It's impossible to fight the old sinful nature without a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. You ain't got a hope. So maybe today. Maybe today it's time for you to get off the sidelines and get in the game, get in the fight. Give your life to Jesus Christ so that you have a hope of winning this war within. Let me pray for you. Our Father in heaven, we rejoice and thank you for enabling the believer to win the victory. Thank you for the Holy Spirit of God that empowers us to make choices for good rather than allowing the sinful nature to choose evil. Father, I pray this morning that if there is one that feels like he's a soldier without a weapon, if there's someone who feels like that they're fighting the fight but they don't have any weapons, that Father, they would come today. And they would receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and be assured that the Holy Spirit of God would indwell them and empower them and strengthen them. Father, I pray that if there's one today who has not come to Christ, today would be their day. And all the glory would be given to you in the glorious name of Jesus, our Savior. And all God's people said,